Greetings, everyone. Let me introduce myself. This is my first podcast, and hopefully we can make this go viral, far and wide. The name given to me by my parents is Robert Pace. The real question is, who am I? I am not my name. I am not my body. I am not my job, nor my possessions, nor my car. I am a spiritual being that has manifested itself into a physical body. And so are you. I was brought out of the universe into a city called Cincinnati, Ohio, which is my hometown. Growing up, I had a really rough and tough time, which taught me a lot. But we will get into that in a future podcast. This is not the forum for that. For this forum, let me talk about my other side of my past. I did seven years in the U.S. Army, which taught me discipline, leadership skills, and most importantly, fearlessness. I have been a community activist in Cincinnati with some very unique experiences. I had a few successes and some would say some failures, but I like to look at them as learning experiences. If you don't learn from your failures or your successes, especially your failures, then you are destined to repeat them. And I try to learn from everything and everybody that I come across. I try to learn something, something positive. I don't look at things as negative. I look at everything as a positive. There's a positive in everything. Let me tell, talk about the, the little bit more about my past. During the financial crisis of 2008, I lost three properties. I lost a duplex, an eight-unit, and my primary residence. As some of you may recall, out of that recession in 2010 came the Occupy movement. Um, it started around the country, and some would say around the world. I think it went around the world, too, but... It was called Different Things in Different Countries. Uh, as an experienced activist, I I joined the Occupy movement, Occupy Cincinnati, in my hometown. And I offered my assistance, you know, my organizing experience to the organization, which was a lot of a lot of young, young, uh, young Americans, you know, 20-somethings, mid-20s, early 30s, teens, and everything. And I was... I was uh, rejected. I, with all the experience I had, you know, I figured I would join and use their appropriate protocol established by the group. But I was still rejected, ignored. I was basically ignored. Like, what are you doing down here? This is for us, you know. No, and I'm thinking in my mind, we're all Americans. We all need to organize together, but. A lot of them didn't see it that way. So, so as an activist, I started my own group called Occupy the Hood Cincinnati, which was a, a hood a organization mostly focused on, on, you know, the black neighborhood and 
poor neighborhoods, not just general. I mean, not just, yeah, not just general, but more focused on black community, especially in Cincinnati, which is mostly a black and white uh, city, kind of really segregated. And some of the differences between Occupy the Hood and Occupy movement in general was that Occupy the Hood focused on one issue as opposed to Occupy Cincinnati, which was not focused on any particular issue. And they were all over the place. You know, any kind of issue they they came up, they wanted to address it. Well, when you're organizing, you can't organize like that. You have to be focused on one thing at a time until you have the organizational structure to create different, um, how can I say, different... uh, parts of the movement to occupy, to organize that diff- particular issue. So we we organized, focused on housing. Uh, and within two months, our issue was brought to the forefront, to the attention of the nation and the world. We were making international news. People were coming to Cincinnati from all over the country because our organization was really organized really well. And a lot of members of Occupy Cincinnati came over and joined Occupy the Hood. Even though I didn't have anything against Occupy Cincinnati because I knew they were inexperienced and I just let them organize the best way they could. I didn't put them down or anything. I just let them organize. But I made sure when I organized Occupy the Hood that we were focused and we knew what we were doing. So in in, uh, 2011, the uh, Trayvon Martin rallies came up across the country. And one of my members came to me and said, hey, you know, they're doing Trayvon Martin rallies across the country. And we need to do one in Cincinnati. So uh, I put one together. Within three days, I had 5,000 people on Fountain Square, Cincinnati. 5,000. We filled that square up within three days. Before the, the rally... The local press, they were saying there's going to be violence and all this and that. You know, all the black people getting together. Oh, it's going to be violence. They're going to be breaking windows. You know, nothing like that happened. As a matter of fact, when the, when the rally was held, there were people from all races came down. Black, white, Hispanic, Asians. There were people from all socioeconomic uh, um, came down, you know, doctors, lawyers, janitors, Whatever, you know, housekeeping, people working in hotels, unemployed, mainly a lot of unemployed. Because at that time, a lot of people were unemployed, myself included. So, you know, we, we and the rally was very successful, very successful. So as I speak today, right now, this nation is and the world is going through something that's very unprecedented. We are headed into the biggest crisis since the Great Depression. Tens of millions of people have lost jobs and millions will lose their homes. And we can't wait until we lose our homes. The time to organize is now. There are, in this country, there are a lot of very smart people in this country. A lot of very smart people in your city. And a lot of people who still depend on the two parties that run this country, the Democrat and Republican parties. I think it's time for us to depend on ourselves and demand what we need, not what the corporations need. We all know the corporate the politicians are run by corporations. 
by CEOs of major corporations. And during the recession of 2008, there was a saying, the banks got bailed out, the people got sold out. And that is exactly what happened. The 99% got nothing, while the 1% of the, the, the very elite in this country got tens of billions of dollars, where we got nothing. And when, it, when, the, when the economy did start up, what do we have? We were stuck still, a lot of us still stuck with minimum wage jobs. They, were, that, they don't, didn't even want to give us increase the minimum wage. As you know, a lot of the Fortune 500 companies right now are near bankrupt because of the loss of revenue. They need money to operate. They're, they, I guess they're just like us. They, they take their money and they stick it away and then they use our the revenue that's generated by our purchasing power to keep the company going. So they're in, a lot of them are in trouble and they don't know what to do. But I tell you what, what, what they want to do, they want us to bail them out. And most of those corporations, you, you know, just like I do, they don't pay any taxes. And if they do pay taxes, it's very low. But guess what? They want a bailout. This is insanity. As I recall, they just got a, a, a trillion dollar tax cut. Who got that? I mean, they gave us some few pennies and then they gave the corporations trillions, uh, tens of billions, hundreds of billions, trillions, matter of fact. It's time to organize. I really think it's time to organize. Uh, if you're interested in organizing, you know, I have a lot of experience and I know there are a lot of other people out there with a lot of experience too. Send me an email, straighttalk206 at gmail.com. Again, that's straighttalk206 at gmail.com. Okay, enough about me. I realize that a lot of people have lost family members from COVID. Some have been sick themselves. Some have lost jobs. A lot of people lost jobs. And not having an income or any prospect of getting one is very debilitating, stressful, demeaning on the individual and their families. Now, the economists and so-called experts say that it will be a long, long time before we get back to any semblance of normalcy. Do we really want to go back to normal? I know I don't. I want to live in a more just world. Income inequality isn't normal. Where the largest corporations such as Amazon pays no taxes and some lady who's cleaning their offices pay more out of her meal wages than a trillion dollar company does. Do you want that? Do you want to go backwards or forward? Let's move forward. Let's be the Vanguard Brigade. Check this out. According to the Center for Public Integrity, here is a partial list of companies that didn't pay taxes. Now, these corporations, these are some of the Fortune 500 corporations in this country, don't pay any taxes. And a lot of them are going into bankrupt because especially these um, these um, uh, energy companies, you know, such as Occidental Petroleum. Let's just name a few. Name one. Now, these companies didn't pay taxes. Amazon didn't pay taxes. Delta. 
airlines didn't pay taxes. Chevron, another energy corporation, they're going, they're in trouble. They're about to lose their company. And guess who want? They want to bail them out. You. They want you to bail them out. GM didn't pay taxes. Occidental Petroleum didn't pay taxes. Honeywell, Deer Tractor, Halliburton, Eli Lilly, IBM, Goodyear. This list goes on and on and on and on. And on top of that, they got a tax cut. And guess who who, uh, who, who would get a tax increase to bail them out? You and I. We. The 1%. It's easy to sit back and wait for someone else to fix this mess. When we rely on, on the corporations or the government to fix things, we know that they have corporations first in line with their demands. Their only motivation is greed and money. Corporations don't care about the little person who's struggling every day to put food on their table, shoes on theirs, and their children's feet. They don't care if you lose your apartment because you can't pay the rent because the economy has gone down. They don't care if your home goes into foreclosure. All they care about is money. Okay, let's talk about the politicians. When I look at how things are and how things were and how they are going to be, I don't see them concerned about us either. Politicians' main concern is the next election cycle and where they get their donations from. Well, where do they get their donations from? You know it. They get it from the corporations. They get it from their coffers, their cronies. They get them from the 1% of Americans. They get them from Wall Street, Amazon, GM, and all the other Fortune 500 companies. As I look in the future, I am not optimistic about the economy. If we go back to the way we were, do you want to go back? If we go back to this thing called normal, we're in a hell of a lot of trouble. I don't see a good future for millions of Americans. Three out of four of my adult children are unemployed alongside tens of millions of other young and older adults. Personally, I have a secure union job, and to be honest, that isn't even that secure either. As Americans, we, we must look past our differences. Whether you are a white person, black, Hispanic, Asian, Pacific, Islander, or whatever, we are all in this together. Either we rise in unity or fall in, fall disunited. I say to you, don't wait to organize. We can do it on YouTube, Zoom, Facebook, Twitter, and any other social media medium. What does it take to have an effective organization. It takes an ability to have a diverse group of people. It takes janitors, doctors, chemists, cooks, lawyers, CNAs. It takes the unemployed, the employed, the businesswoman, and anyone who wants things to go back to normal. Let us follow in the tradition of those soldiers we stand on and do this not as for ourselves, but for our children and our grandchildren. Let's be the organized. Let's be the vanguard. The vanguard. Send me an email if you want to get involved. Straighttalk206 at gmail.com. Straighttalk206 at gmail.com. Thanks.